Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to this lovely Saturday morning uh, and afternoon in the East Coast to What's the Word on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Cheval John, and a very good, very good morning or afternoon. Uh, but anyway, this is a very special show today because of the because of the big game between uh, number two ranked Eastern Washington and number four ranked Simon Eastern State which sets to begin at 3 p.m. Eastern and 2 p.m. Central at L.U.T. Bauer Stadium here in Huntsville. And I could tell you that, you know, it is rocking at this very moment. And, of course, I have uh, on with me right now are uh, two two very good uh, sports writers. Uh, one is uh, is uh, Gene Schoenberg. He is an assistant uh, edit, sports editor for the Huntsville Item. And he is the beat beat reporter for the football team, Bearcat football team, and then Zach Birdsong, who is uh, actually calling in from Tullahoma, Tennessee. He is a sports editor at the, at the Tullahoma News, and he was actually the beat writer for the Houstonian when uh, the Bearcats went on their uh, first, uh, champ- you know, first of two championship runs. So, guys, uh, welcome, and glad that you guys are host co-hosting with me today. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Cheval. Awesome. Well, let's let's talk about uh, this matchup, you know, because the Sports Network, which is the premier premier authority for the FCS, they dubbed this game as as one of the the most, the the game of the year. You know, why... And of course, you know the magnitude of the game between Eastern Washington and Sam Houston. Like both of these teams played in the playoffs, you know, and you know in the last couple of years. And you know, why do you think that you know so much attention has you know gotten so big over time? Uh, well, I mean, it's, if you know, look at it. You know, they were, you know, both of these teams were playing for the right to play for a national championship last year, and. and and as wild as uh, that game was last year, and also with the fact that they're they're both ranked so high, you know they started out the the year in the in the top five, and or I, I believe that was the case, but they're certainly they're both top five now. And you just uh, as far as non conference games, you just don't really see this too often, you know, especially FCS national powers playing each other out outside of the conference. And so I think that's kind of what makes this pretty a pretty neat deal. Yeah, before the before last year began, I even highlighted this game going looking at next year, and then with what happened last year in the playoffs, I just uh, I'm echoing Gene's sentiments. It's just what a crazy game. So and that led up to more of the anticipation for this rematch here. Luckily, it's here in Huntsville though, which the Bearcats had the 17 game winning streak on the line. So hopefully they'll come out and get the victory. Yeah. Another part of it is uh, you know over the over the past three years. You know these teams have have been in the been in the national championship. Uh, Eastern Washington won it, beat Delaware in 2010, and the, and then the, the Bearcats have been playing for the national championship uh, the last two years. And so that's another thing. These teams have, you know, they've been consistently, you know, one of the best, uh, you know, top programs in the SES. Yeah, and that's and that's a really interesting point there that you point out because of the fact that you know. 
I mean, no, I can say no one really had expected, you know, Sam Houston to, well, you know, when Coach Fritz got here, no one, you, you know, we you, we knew that there was going to be good things happening. But, and especially after that first season, they started out 6-5. and five. When it finished the 2010 season, 6-5, it's like everyone knew that they were going to be better. But no one really expected, you know, them to go undefeated throughout the regular season and also make it, you know, go to the national championship. And, you know, that's really, that's, that's what really is amazing about this. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if anyone really ex- expected them to get better. I mean, they've they've kind of been average for a long time, and uh, and so you know maybe there's a lot of hope that uh, you know Fritz could Fritz could be the you know the guy to to get the job done and turn the program around. But you know it was that first that first year uh, they lost, I believe, three conference games by a total of ten points, uh, including the game against SFA, which is which was highly ranked, kind of where. Sam Houston is now, and and so that was just, just kind of the jumping off point, and uh, you know they built off that. They had a lot of uh, young players that year, uh, you know guys uh, like Tim, Tim Flanders, uh, you know set so many so many records already. Uh, Brian Bell, Richardson, Sears, that was all their their freshman year, and you know they were they were real young and just kind of built off of that first year, and and to have the kind of uh, Consistent success over the last two years, I and mean, it's that's it's not uh, it's not easy to do, and it's you know it's easy, you know it's one thing to have a plan, but another thing to have the players and the right uh, mentality to to execute the plan and, and get the job done, and and so to get to this point to where they are a, a recognized SCS national power, you know it's you know that is that in and of itself is uh, you know a pretty pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, it's a it's a testament to what Willie Fritz has done there. Uh, heading in, covering the team in 2011, I had, really had no in, expectations on what on really what to expect. Uh, but for them to come out and, and go undefeated into the national championship game against North Dakota State was just just incredible. It's just from the turnaround that they had made the previous year. Obviously, they had made some strides, so it was really good to see that success come out on the ball field. All right. Now let's uh, now let's talk about uh, Eastern Washington. You know they're you know like last year they, especially that wild game you know against Sam Houston you know in the semifinals, you know they have you know their uh, freshman now sophomore quarterback Vernon Adams, you know he just you know came in and basically led a mountain comeback to try well try to lead them to a comeback where he set the record for six touchdowns. You know, against Sam, and now you know they, you know he's, you know they are, they're aiming for revenge. Now, what do you think uh, is, what do you think uh, going to happen? Like how, how you, how you think they're going to like perform, and you know what, what do you think they need to do to win? Well, I think they're probably going to do pretty much the same things they did in the second half. I mean, what, uh, what, what allowed them to have success was. You know he he could run a little bit, but he you know he's kind of a lot like uh, Johnny Menzel, the, the Heisman winner last year, and to where he can scramble and buy some time for his receivers. You know, and de- defensive backs can only cover for so long, and you know to, to cover a receiver uh, for an extended amount of time is is nothing that's that's ever easy for any 
kind of safety or, or cornerback on, on whatever level. And so by him buying some time for his receivers to get open, you know, that's a lot of the big passes that they had, a lot of the touchdown passes they had last year, that was it was because of that kind of play and, you know, to where he could just buy that amount of time. And, you know, they had a lot of, of big and talented receivers. Uh, one of them that uh, left, left early after his uh, junior year. Uh, Brandon Kaufman, and so, you know, and they've had some. Uh, they've got more with good, talented receivers. They're the way they run their their offense. It's you know, it's it's a lot of passing. You know, not a not a whole lot of running. Just they use their their passing game to move the ball down the field, whether it's you know deep passes or you know little short short passes, and then they can get a bunch of yards that way. I mean, that's probably. It's going to be the the same way that are going to try to attack uh, Sam Houston's defense today. Yeah, I agree with Gene. I mean, that was the the secondary really struggled last year in Washington, and I think that's again where they'll be attacking the most. Uh, just with Adams being able to be back there and buy some time, and the Bearcats have got to get pressure on Adams early. So that that's well, I'm interested to see how the D line plays, and hopefully they'll be able to get get to, uh, uh, Adams. Yeah. Yep. Another another thing about it is uh, from from when uh, Sam Houston played A and M, I think playing A and M and going up against Johnny Menzel, that was probably the perfect uh, kind of experience to to help them get ready for this game. Because it was you know we're not gonna their kind of game plan is we're not gonna let this guy beat us with his feet, and so they changed up their uh, their formation. You know they've been playing four two five for several years. But they changed it up to where have only three three uh, defensive linemen, and just to try to keep uh, keep the quarterback in the in the pocket. Now uh, Mandel had you know taller, you know quicker receivers to throw the ball to, and uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if you see that same kind of formation. You know they uh, Mandel I think only ended up having like 34 rushing yards, you know, and he, I think he rushed for for 100 against the the Bearcats last year. You know, so I kind of look for the same kind of thing. You know, they'll just go with a little bit different formation because they've got the talented uh, linebackers. You know, that they can they can plug in at different spots on the field. Yeah, and that is that's really key. Like what you said there, with, I guess, in because of the fact that they, I mean, the question marks, you know, was about the defense. You know, because they lost like pretty good starters from last year's team, but you know, you could say. You know, playing that type of playing A and M really, you know, gave them a, that different mindset to you know to improve, and also now they're showing that in the last two weeks, and especially the way how the offense, you know, had you know start out start out slow in the last two games against uh, Texas State. I mean, Texas Southern, and then Incarnate Word. All right, now yeah, of course. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying, it, you know, you're it's right on point. And, and so it's just, you know, there's going to be uh, the play different talent levels from playing A&M to, uh, you know, to play in the those teams that you mentioned, Texas Southern and the current word. And so, you know, today is going to be a good good test to see uh, what, what kind of team they are. And, you know, it'll be a good kind of mix in between as far as the athletes that they saw between the, the three wins the Bearcats have and the one loss against A&M. All right. 
Now, I have to ask this question because of the fact that, you know, you know, the FCS, you could say it's, you can call it the little brother to the FBS per se. But, you know, you wouldn't expect this type of game to receive, like, national attention. You know, like the, like a couple of weeks ago when A&M and, and Bama, you know, received, you know, got that media hype per se. You know, why do you think, you know, it's not getting the respect that it deserves per se? Well, it's just it's, uh, the resources that are in you know, football, uh, you know, people in football media that are, you know, the FCS just doesn't have a lot of attention. And it's just, uh, you know, I think it's probably getting the, the amount from what it would get uh, from from what's available. And it's just, uh, you know, there's just more coverage for the higher level of your you know, if you got your, uh, you know, SEC and Big and Big Twelve, it's just there's a a big difference in the amount of media outlets that cover FCS versus the the bowl subdivision. Yeah, I agree with Gene on that, but at the same time, we're seeing more and more pro- uh, look at the FCS level. Obviously, College Game Day hosted it from Fargo last last week, and then you had actually today's the same Houston Eastern Washington game was one of the picks that they had made on there. So it's slowly the coverage for the FCS level start slowly starting to grow. Yeah, I de- definitely got to concur with that. I mean, it's I mean it is limited resources, but at the same time, I mean, I I guess you can say it's. You know, sometimes, you know, big, you know, national media, you know, smaller attention, like Eastern media is much better than the big media because, you know, you can get a quicker reaction from from those that's in the coverage area. Like, you know, for example, like CSN Houston will be televising this game today at 2 p.m. And also the this Comcast Sports Network Northwest, which uh, the region is Oregon and Washington is covering that game as well. So in a way, it's like you know, 34. I estimate 34 million will be watching. So you can say it's getting pretty good coverage per se. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, CSN has uh, picked it up because that means it, it'll be blackout here to me in in uh, Tennessee. So which is unfortunate because the only game I've been able to watch on TV so far is uh, whenever the Bearcats took on uh, Texas A&M. So which was an unfortunate loss. So kind of aggravating to people outside of the state, of, or I guess outside of the city of Houston, to watch this one. Yeah. yeah, well, I think even in Houston, you know, there's probably lots of people that would be interested that can't see it. I saw there was a, an article that the that the Chronicle had put out that, that says that only 40% of Houston, of the 2.2 million people in Houston, have access to, to Comcast into the Comcat Sports Network and you know, forty uh you know, forty percent and you know, a lot of those is is not great for a big metro area, one of the biggest cities in the country. And uh, you know, especially with those folks when it comes to watching the professional teams like the Houston Rockets or the Houston Astros, you know, and that's to me uh, pretty frustrating. I can only imagine if you're a fan of those teams and you can't uh, you know, watch every every game that they play. 
Yeah, before yeah. I moved before I moved to Tennessee from Houston, that was the big thing that was driving me nuts is I couldn't watch any of the Astros games, which is almost better for my health, I would think. But uh, at the same time, couldn't watch any of the Rockets games. So I know my parents right now are kind of disappointed because they don't have Comcast, so they're frustrated with the acquisition of Dwight Howard that they won't be able to watch any Rockets games. So they're trying to figure something out on how to be able to do that. Yeah, that's and that's a really uh... – that's really the key point there. I mean, because I mean, you would say, you know, you know, it's a Houston area. It's it's the fourth largest city in the world. I mean, fourth largest city in, in the United States, and also the most internationally diverse city. You would expect uh, you would expect them to at least show some respect for for the people. But I guess you can say it's like you know money disputes and things like that. But that's a that's a whole other story there. Uh, but let's uh let's talk about uh the like for the now for the offense for Sam Houston. We we mentioned earlier that they need to that you know, they can't they can't afford to have any slow starts, especially against this Eastern Washington team because because of the fact that, you know, they can strike if they have a slow start in this game, it it can be trouble for them. And so what do you think are the key Areas that they they would need to need to do early on in the game to set the tone. Uh, well, I think the important thing is just the, if the offensive line can provide the blocking and create the running room, uh, then that's that's I think one of the most important because it, you know guys like uh, Brian Bell who who can run and move and, and throw the ball and uh, you know same with uh, you know Torrance Torrance Williams and you know as a speedy receiver with Richardson Sear and uh, you know, as a receiver and a, you know, Wildcat uh, a quarterback and, you know, Timothy Flanders as, as a running back. I mean, if, if the offensive line doesn't create create holes and, and gets a good push on Eastern Washington's uh, defensive linemen, then, then they are going to struggle. So I think, the, you know, having success at the line of scrimmage for the offensive line is, is probably going to be the biggest key because without them, the Bearcats offense can't can't go and move forward and put up a lot of points. Yeah, I'm with I'm right with you, Gene. Uh, the battle is going to be between on both sides of the ball. It's going to be the offensive line versus the defensive line. Defensively, if the Bearcats can get pressure and create turnovers like they did last year, it could uh, that'll re- result in some early momentum. Then also, you got to have the offensive line uh, open up those holes for Flanders and be able to allow the Bearcats to get the passing game going and get Chance Nelson and Torrance Williams into the game. Yeah. And of course speaking of Flanders, you know, how about his uh his performance in the last two weeks? Like especially him getting the all time uh, Southern Conference uh record for touchdowns against Te- Texas Southern and then then breaking the the all time uh Southland career rushing record, you know, last week. Now how how big was that for him to get get those out of the way before this because, you know, if it, if he could have lingered on and probably put up a little bit of a distraction, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Well, maybe so, but I don't really think as, uh, you know, that Flanders as one that really dwells on those kind of things too much. You know, I mean, he, he knows that it's early in the season that they were going to come at, at whenever, you know, but I think, you know, it didn't didn't hurt that, that he got both of them out of the way. 
Yeah, same thing. I don't think I don't really. I don't think it would have been that much of a distraction. It had to happen later in the season, but it's. Just, I guess for overall sake, it, it's better to happen early than later. Yeah, and definitely concurred. Now, of course, now you know. Also, a couple of others are are barking on records too, like uh, Richard Sincere. You know, he's the you know all-purpose. As I said, a utility player. He's only 42 yards away, rushing yards away from becoming the 10th Bearcats to rush for 2,000 or more career yards. And then Brian Bell, the quarterback. You know, he's he's three yards away from becoming the second quarterback to join his to join the Sam Houston 1,000-yard rushing club. And then also, you know, 202 yards from passing to become the 12th, 12th all-time player to, re, to pass for 7,000 yards. I mean, how impressive is all of those things that, you know, that they're so close to that? Well, I think that just goes to, you know, that's a reflection of kind of the work they've done. I mean, you can have a good good year, and then it's easy next year to maybe not have so good a year, and then, if that's the case, you know, another player can replace you. But that just goes to show, I mean, those those guys have been consistent performers throughout their uh, throughout their careers that they can be in be in that kind of position. And and uh, what's what's probably more impressive is the passing record that Bell is going for, just because they don't ask him to throw the ball a ton. Uh, you know, that like schools like uh, just to put out an example, like like Stephen F. Austin would. You know, they, they throw the ball a lot. You know, they don't really rely on the running game so much. You know, they like Eastern Washington, they use their passing game, you know, as their as their passing and running game. Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you there. It's just nice to see a good mixture on both sides of the ball. I mean, you have, on, on offense, you have the running game, obviously, with Flanders, but then you also have Sincere, who's able to break away whenever he can. And Bell, I agree, is the more impressive out of the two records. So so it's just nice to see that the Bearcats like to even distribute, evenly distribute the ball. Yeah. And, and of course, now they're, uh, you know, this game, you know, their they're, they're overall record against, you know, Big Sky, which uh, Eastern Washington Eastern Washington's a part of, is, 11 and 8, uh, and of course, many in the FCS consider Big Sky as the SEC per se of the FCS. You know, but Sam has been have pretty good success against them. Uh, yeah, well, but a lot of and a lot of that's come in the in the last uh, last couple of years. Uh, you know, and more specifically in the playoffs, and you know they you know uh, beat three of there's a a three-way championship for the Big Sky uh, regular season title last year, and Sam Houston played played all three of them. Two of them were on the road at uh, in in Bozeman at Montana State, and then last year at Eastern Washington. And year before that, uh, you know, they hosted a uh, Montana, which you know, as far as FCS programs go, that are still in the FCS. I mean, they're you know they're kind of the ones that have that's a, a program that's looked to as you know, this is how – that's a team to model yourself after. And uh, and so it's – that is impressive. And especially because, uh, you know, for all the all the guys and the, you know, Bearcat guys there, especially that first year, that was their first run at, at uh, college, college playoffs. And to be able to do that 
against a program like Montana. You know, that's that's awfully impressive, and especially to follow it up and, and to win on the road the way they did. It's, you know, that was uh, – that's pretty good. And it's the other thing about it is uh, on, on the west side of the Mississippi River, uh, there's just not a whole lot of SCS programs, and that's why you see – the Southland Conference matched up with the uh, with the Big Sky uh, pretty much every year in the playoffs. Yeah, the success that the Bearcats have had against the Big Sky has been impressive. Uh, last year, winning the two uh, last year was more impressive to me. Winning the two on the road, going to Bozeman, and then going to Eastern Washington just was phenomenal. Uh, however, this game, I kind of think you take those past two years aside aside and just don't even mention them in the contest. I think this is just his own individual game today. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, you know, of course, uh, this, and of course, the thing about it is, you know, outside right now, you know, it's, you know, tailgating, and, you know, it's it's very packed. And they estimate uh, today's uh, contest to have a, a, a capacity crowd of 12,000. And you can say that's, uh, that'll be probably the largest. Uh, is probably the largest uh, non-conference non-conference game probably on uh, you know you know dating back to '94 when when they hosted uh you know Alcorn State when Steve McNair which is in your well unfortunately the late Steve McNair and his Alcorn State team who played for you know the Tennessee Titans with Zach you actually had an opportunity to cover that game last week at Tennessee you know but. You know, that's really amazing, though. Yeah, it is, and, it, and it's, a, it's, you know, it's a big big deal, and, uh, you know, it's, and the crowd has come out for the most part over the over the last uh, two years and then again this year, and, uh, you know, the, the playoff games that were at home at Bower Stadium, you know, they were something else. The crowd is a stand for pack, which you couldn't say that in the past, you know, before Willie Threats took over the program. You know, high school playoff games were were drawing more people than than Bearcat games. You know, that's that's where the program was. Uh, you know, but you know today, you know it should it should be a good good game. And uh, you know, when I was talking with uh, Coach Fritz the other day, you know, he said it best that if when talking about his players, and I think this applies also for fans of the team as well. You know, if you can't get motivated for a game like this, then you probably don't have a pulse. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and of course, go ahead, Zach. No, go ahead, Cheval. No, uh, of course, you know I definitely got agree with that. I mean, I mean, Coach Fritz, especially, you know, you could say he's the X factor for all this. You know, he, of course, you know he was here, you know, before as a, as a graduate assistant under Random and as a assistant under Ron Randleman, who was who was all time a Southland Conference. Uh, you know, win, you know, winning coach, and especially the fact that you know, back in 2004, when Randleman played, he went on his last year. You know, they played Eastern Washington over there. You know, they, if, the amazing thing is they were down 20 points, and then they came back to, you know, to win that game, which became well, you could say, kind of you know, started off the, the, you know, the excitement per se. Right, and it and it was a while uh, before that. It was a few, I think it was 2001 was the last time they were in the playoffs, and 
you know, the, you know, I was talking with a couple of former players last year when Sam Houston was going up to play uh, Eastern Washington and just kind of talking about that 2004 game. And, you know, it's, uh, Eastern Washington, they were lining up with like uh, 43 uh, seconds left to kick a field goal and to take a, a nine-point lead, and that would have been the game. But, uh, but Paul Donaldson, who was an All-American safety for the Bearcats, you know, he went over to the special teams coach and asked to put in uh, Victor Cartwright, who's a, who's a wide receiver. You know, you know, maybe uh, practiced just a few times with special teams, and he wanted him in uh, to, to help block the kick because, as he as he said, you know that uh, Victor could uh, could jump out of the gym because he, you know, so tall and so big and athletic, and so that wasn't even you know. Schedule. He wasn't even supposed to be out there, but Paul Donaldson pleaded with the special teams coach. And they put him out there and put him in position. And ended up jump, jumping up so high that he blocked the kick. It hit him right in the chest. You know, and that that gave the Bearcats some life. And you know, it's, I think they were there was 25 seconds left, and I think they were still on their own 37. And, and that's when Dustin Long he hit like four straight passes to Jason Mathena, who's you know, he was kind of – he had a, a sprained ankle or, or something like that. He, his ankle was bothering him, and he could barely walk. But, you know, just kind of hit him and hit him in stride all along, and including, you know, the pat, touchdown pass that, that tied the game as time expired before the, uh, before the extra point went in. So, I mean, that was – and the field was also in the middle of the field. It was, it was frozen. And so, as you're – as players are running across, you're stepping on it's grass and then ice and then grass again, and uh, and so that was just another another thing about it. And that was their first meeting, and you know that that was just a, a pretty pretty wild game. All right. Well, we have a call coming in from nine three six, and I believe it is a coach is as I directed Bobby Williams. Uh, Bobby Williams, uh, Mr. Williams. Yes. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Mr. Williams. Uh, how's how's the atmosphere going going on right now? Uh, it's exciting. I'm looking out my window right now in my office, and uh, you know, I mean, you can just tell everybody's a buzz, and uh, it's just an exciting time. Great day to be a Bearcat. Uh, of course, every day is a great day to be a Bearcat, but this one's really special today. Awesome. Well, of course, uh, I have uh, Gene Stoneberg of the Huntsville Item and Zach Birdsaw. Uh, hey guys, how are y'all? Oh, doing good. How are doing you? Great. Good. Awesome. Well, uh, Mr. Williams, uh, have you ever seen anything like this? In a, you know, you've been here for the last uh, thirty, you know, over thirty years now. Have you ever seen an atmosphere like this before? Well, we've had a few uh, great opportunities. Uh, I know when we opened the stadium. Uh, 1986. It was an exciting time, uh, packed stadium, that type of thing. Uh, we also, in 1984 at Old Pritchett Field, we opened up uh, on a TV game against Stephen F. Austin, and we uh, that was our third year here, and it started off on a four-year stretch of going eight and three, uh, three times, and nine and two, and winning two championships. And we we beat Stephen F. That was the first time we'd beat him since we'd been here uh, as coaches, and then I go back to uh, the ABC game back in 1994 with uh, Steve McNair and 
uh, packed stadium, excitement, uh, playing in the afternoon on ABC, which was exciting, and then some games that we've had, you know, um, throughout the years, especially the Montana game when they were number one back in 2004, and we beat them. Uh, but this one, uh, I think out of all those, this one has the potential to be the biggest and probably the most uh, uh, have the most impact on on things. Any you guys have a questions? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Just pretty excited to get this game kicked off. Yeah, uh, Mr. Williams, and uh, you know, just and I think probably one of the bigger things, and from from what uh, you know, my boss Tom O'Dell was telling me that uh, one of the big draws about the Steve McNair game was, you know, he was kind of looked at and was probably going to be going to the Houston Oilers, which that's. You know, with that being the case, and you know, that's probably what brought a lot of people here. You know, wanted to kind of see, you know, who the who the Oilers might get. But how does just kind of the uh, circumstances around around this game has how does this one make this one different as far as uh, you know games that are anticipated and really uh, you know looked forward to? Well, you know that that McNair game that was more about him than it was us, even though we were playing at home. Um, from that, I think that was different. Uh, you know, when we played Montana, they were number one, and I don't believe we were ranked, but that got us ranked. Uh, this one, based on, you know, our past history with the 04 game that I heard y'all talking about, and and then uh, last year's semifinal, um, and the fact that, you know, both teams are, are ranked so high, um, I, I think this is the probably the biggest one, and I think our fans are, because of the last few years in the playoffs and, and going to the national championship game, uh, uh, it, it, our fans are more aware of FCS football than ever before and the importance of a game like this. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to schedule. I know we go up there next year um, you know, in a, in a regular season and to have these type of games during the regular season, especially uh, with the playoff history and uh, you know just the – uh, intersectional, uh, you know, rivalry type situation with the big sky in the Southland. Uh, uh, I think that's what makes it a huge event. Yes, and Mr. Williams, uh, like when, like, uh, what's your expectations like for like they're they're trying they want to get back to the national championship, but uh, how how big of a game would this be if they if uh, either Sam or Eastern Washington wins? How would that play out for the rest of the season? Well, it's kind of hard to hard to predict. Uh, you can get momentum, but even even a you know a win or a loss by either team today, uh, you know you're not sure how they will either team will respond because you know the conferences are so competitive, uh, and especially with you look what's going on in the Southland Conference with some of the wins and some of the teams that are playing. Uh, you know the level has just really gone up and. And so I think each each programs, uh, you know, uh, our program in Eastern Washington, are going to have challenges throughout the conference. And and, and when you play in a conference team, uh, anything can happen. I mean, those rivalries that you play every year and that type of thing can can change, uh, uh, you know, at any point in time. So uh, I mean, this is a big game. It's important. I think down the road, uh, how the nation looks at, at both teams. Um, and but but it still comes down to how you do in your conference and and taking care of business against your conference rivals and and, and the other teams in the conference. So. Okay. Now, 
No, of course the you know overall the athletic departments have you know you know have have done extremely well, especially like you know since you became a athletic director, you know you guys won uh, four four us uh, four straight uh, commission well not four straight but four commissions cup, especially the three straight uh, back from 2005 to 2007. How big of a of an improvement is that, and also the the way how the football team is performing. Well, you know, I'm really proud of what our, our department has accomplished over the last decade. Uh, you know, prior to that, a couple of things we had never had a uh, winning season in Division One uh, basketball, men's basketball, uh, and then when we hired Bob Marlin the uh, second year. We won a conference championship, and our basketball program has been very solid. We've had um, some success in football, uh, going to the playoffs, and you know even a semifinal appearance in '04. But it was kind of up and down. Hopefully, what we're building right now, what Coach Fritz has done for us, is to continue to get more consistent uh, with that. Uh, that's the main thing I wanted to do when when we took over as when I took over as athletic director is we wanted to be a broad based athletic program that won all sports trophies because we'd never done that. I think the highest we'd ever finished with eighth in the conference. Uh and then we were fortunate to win three in a row and then our fourth one. We've also won two men's all sports trophy and our first ever women's all sports trophy this past year. Uh I think we've got twenty six championships in the past decade and something like fourteen NCAA tournament or or regional appearances four finalists in the NCAA appearances with two football and two women's bowling. So, you know, the key thing that we want to do is we want to be a national power at our level and uh, be consistent uh, competitor in the Southland uh, year in and year out and and also define the term student-athlete. I think that's extremely important, and, and we've done that with our championships and the fact that, you know, our GPA has, has continued to grow uh, with us posting the highest ever, I believe this past year was a 3.02. All of our teams above a 2.5. Uh, you know that's important, uh, especially in this day and age. You want to you want to be well-rounded student athletes. You want to have them compete in the classroom at an extremely high level, and you want them to compete on the on the field of competition as well, and be good people off the off the field. And I think that's a credit to. I think our university, but I think our department does a great job, especially with uh, the good people we have uh, running our sports programs and down to the the administrators and the uh, trainers and managers and, you know, secretaries and just everybody, operations people, marketing, everybody are just good people and fun to work with. You know, we've got our problems like a lot of people, but because we have such good, good people, it makes getting through those a lot easier because, uh, people are willing to work together and, and be positive. We care about this university, uh, and that's what I'm finding. A lot of people come here, and they really embrace the university. Uh, we've got great leadership from Dr. Gibson. Uh, you know, I've been very blessed as athletic director to work for three really good presidents, and uh, she is so fun to work with, and not many athletic directors get that, that benefit of working with the three presidents I've been able to work with. All right. Now, before I let you go, I have to ask about uh, you know the cover, the game is going to be on the you know Comcast Sports Network uh, Houston, and you know the Bearcats have been on national television well on television, but thanks to the Southern Conference Television Network. But how important is the is the exposure for 
you know, for all student athletes that's in the Southland? Well, it, it's very important, especially what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, we when we began looking at our program, ironically, after the uh, three Commissioner's Cups that we won, we began to see what we wanted to do and how we could help the university. And um, and we've basically been building an infrastructure for our marketing and tickets and sponsorships so that we could take advantage of the successes that we were having on the field. And, and, and also a focus of mine has been to put the best people in place from a coaching standpoint and a staffing standpoint uh, to give us the best opportunity to be successful. And, you know, we, we want to be a, a strong Southland Conference uh team we want to be a national power uh, as much as we can be uh, we also want to expand down into the houston market where a majority of our students come from and student athletes and uh by having the opportunity to play the reliance stadium game or the battle of the piney woods down there and to draw almost twenty-seven thousand, and and basically sell over 60 percent of those tickets i think it, it says that a lot about everything coming together in a perfect situation, uh, a quality team, a quality athletic program, quality marketing and, and sponsorships and ticket sales and that type of thing, and, and building and, and changing a culture for our fans and uh, our alumni that they want to be a part of. And uh, that's exciting to see happen, and it's been uh, a nice run the last seven years of trying to build that and um, and seeing it being uh, successful. Um, uh, Coach, uh, Ms. Williams, uh, I want to say thank you for taking time out of this busy day to join us on, on today's uh, pregame show. You know, and I, like I say, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to say that, uh, but enjoy yourself and, you know, hopefully see, see you a little bit later today. Well, we appreciate all y'all are doing, and, and uh, to, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it and talk Bearcat athletics. So, and just remember, it's a great day to be a Bearcat, and let's go get us a W. All right. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, uh, Mr. Williams. Thanks. Uh, okay. Uh, well, Jane, uh, of course, uh, before uh, this, of course, you know, today, you know, is you know, bear, you know, parents' weekend and. Many many parents are. This day was the perfect time and for it for this to be, you know, you know this game to happen on Parents Weekend for for many people to experience the atmosphere here. Yeah, and it's you know for a lot of parents, especially if they have uh, you know children that are freshmen, you know this they you know came up for orientation and this kind of gives them another another chance to just kind of see, you know, just the kind of. Uh, Atmosphere and environment there the children are going to, and and on such a uh, beautiful day like it is today, and it's you know I just think it's going to be a good you know just really uh, neat for for all those uh, parents that are coming up, and you know it's, you know they can obviously help uh, you know pack the stands too, and just you know just it's uh you know it's a, it should be a fun day overall for them. All right, well for everyone that's listening, uh, we're going to take a. Take a uh, quick break, per se, and gonna play a little music by, uh, you know, by Antoine Dunn, called uh, "Call uh, Miss My Love" on on our Blog Talk Radio uh, pregame show. There's 
crazy. I never thought that I would actually be singing a song about this. But uh, <laughs> it actually ain't so bad. Listen, say I want it all, so I got it all, and I kept it all, and I lost it all, say I was a smooth brother, say I was a cool lover, but I had to sign, you see what I meant more, oh, because this train was a pulling out of the station And there was no way I wasn't gonna make it love to you Done when Miss My Love on um, on this uh, special pregame show on What's the Word. I'm Eddie Cheval John, and a very good afternoon to everyone. Of course, now my you know my co-host uh, 
Gene Schomberger and Zach Bird's song was amazing to have on the show. And of course, they, of course, you know, they got busy schedules going on, especially for today. So, you know, they had to run, but it was really great to hear their perspective on, you know, on this game and also the history. And of course, uh, Bobby Williams. You know, the athletic director who, you know, who took the time out of his busy schedule to join us and to give us his perspective. Now, I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, waiting on my next guest uh, for today, uh, David Payson. He's a, he's a, the, ex, the athletic, associate athletic director for external uh, operations, external relations. And, you know, he's actually, you know, as a former, you know, worked in, worked as a, you know, for the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, as a mark, and also for the Indiana, Indian, Indiana Pacers for a couple of years before that, beforehand. And of course, you know, he's going to be talking about uh, the behind the scenes of, you know, making the departments very, very well visible, you know, to the to the Houston market and things like that. And of course, you know, this game has, you know, so much implications. You know, for everyone, uh, because of the fact that you know, you know, like what I just said earlier today, Sam Houston, you know, hasn't had this type of consistency, you know, in their 97 years history. Like beforehand, back in uh, to you know, they won their when they joined the conference, they they won their first Southland Conference championship in 1991, and then it took them 10 years to get to get back. To that, and once they won, they won their first playoff game that year. And then, three years later, it you know they won they won another conference championship, and this time made it uh, to the to the semifinals in that improbable uh, win against uh, Eastern Washington, you know, 35-34. Now this is just so amazing because of the fact that you know you could say you know in life you know. There's a lot of you know people might think that there's that they're down you know down out and things and seems as if uh, anything can you know nothing is going right for them. But that game you know you could say you could compare that to what they had what Sam had to go through because they were you know they were down by 20 and then they ended up coming back and winning that game you know 35 to 34 and that's what makes it so amazing you know because you can say any. You know anything can happen, and that's that's what that's what happened. And they kept they kept slugging along, and that's the same thing for anyone who is, you know, they think that uh, nothing is going nothing is going good is going to happen to them. But if they just continue to plug along and you know keep the keep at it, then in the end things will things will end up working out for them. And and of course now you know since. Uh, you know, you know the head coach for Sam Houston, Willie Fritz, came along. You know he had a he has a tremendous he had a tremendous track record as well. You know, you know he was a, you know every place that he has coached at, whether as an assistant coach or a head coach, he has won. And of course, you know, like for example, like when he start when he started out as Blinn as a as Blinn College as a head coach, you know he turned that program around. You know, and they won. Uh, they won uh, two na- two uh, junior college national championships, and then then when he went to Central Missouri State, you know, from '97 to 2009, 
you know, that program was in, in dire straits, but then he turned that around, and they they won, they made it to a couple of playoffs and won a couple of, uh, you know, you know, month, you know, conference championships, and he became their all-time winningest coach there, you know, at 97 and 47. And now, to the, now, you know, coming here at Sam, and of course, you know, it was Sam's program wasn't up up to par at that time, but you know, changing the personnel and the mindset that that brought a uh, huge success, and now, you know, they made made a run to two to two uh, FCS national championships, and unfortunately lost in both of those. But you know, it's like the morale and the and the uplifting that it has brought to the community here in Huntsville, Texas, is just really amazing. And of course, it's it's really cool, you know, to have a, to be able to see what he is doing, and you know, and you can believe that it's going to be many many more years of success uh, with him. Now, of course, uh, now I'm going to. Uh, now we got. Now as we are still waiting for uh, our guest uh, David Pateson, uh we we gonna play a song by uh, Beck Eden called uh, "Goodbye" on uh, on What's the Word on Blog Talk Radio.
Well, everyone, that that was uh, Becca Eden with uh, goodbye, goodbye on uh, on today's episode of What's the Word? You know, you know the special pregame, you know, show uh, for the for the nationally for the game between nationally ranked number two uh, Eastern Washington and nationally ranked number four uh, Sam Houston State, which sets to take off at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central time, and of course the media coverage. You can say you know it. That's up. That's some decent coverage for say by ESPN. You know, little mention on game day, and of course like what my guests, uh, what my co-hosts uh, Zach Birdsong and Gene Schomburg alluded to is the fact that you know the FCS is starting to get so slowly getting uh, the, t- the attention that it deserves because of. Uh, type of quality teams like you know for example when uh, Appalachian State uh, defeated uh, Michigan which they were at that time you know ranked Michigan was ranked number five in AP pool you know and you know and Appalachian State at that time had two national champion FCS national championships and many didn't expect uh, Appalachian State to go in there and you know, play the type of game that they did, but but it, but once they did that and pulled out that amazing shocker, you know, you know, at the beginning of the season and on the Big Ten Network's uh, first game, that alone, you know, you could say that probably started started getting uh getting them serious attention, you know, and put the FBS school schools on notice and. And that's and that's what's really is fun about this, you know. Now, for those of you who you know don't understand, you know, they might many people think of uh, you know the FCS as you know you know Division three, like for example, when North Dakota State beat uh, beat uh, Kansas State early this year, you know, one person was that you know was asked about thought, thought that you know North Dakota State was a you know, like a Division three or two school, something like that, and you know, and that alone kind of told me the confusion that they have on, you know, the on that they don't understand, you know, the F, you know, the difference between the FBS and the FCS. Now, that's what's really, really amazing, you know, for the fact that North Dakota State, as well, you know, they they are we considered the. They're like the team to beat right now because of the fact that they're the two-time defending national champions as well, and you know their, you know their coach uh, Craig Bowl is, you know he's one of the one of a kind. You can, you know he's he has done amazing stuff as well. Now of course, uh, you know for this game, uh, Eastern Washington versus uh, Sam Eastern game, you know many it was dubbed the dubbed the by Sports Network poll at Sports Network as the game game of the year in the FCS and of course like what you heard earlier, you know you know, Eastern Washington, they are they're they're no team to, to play play around with because of the fact that, you know, they they find a way to come back come back on you. Like when when they won the twenty ten FCS national championship, they were down down by 19, I believe, 19 zero, I believe, and they came back to beat Delaware 20 and 19 to win, 
to win that uh, the national championship, and that alone is a testament to to their coach uh, Bob Baldwin, you know, and and many, and of course, you know that can you can expect them to make a comeback. Now, I you know I honestly don't don't expect this, you know. Even if uh, I could say, even if uh, Sam Houston takes a lead on them, you know, they are, they know that these guys, you know, can come back. And so, what they will have to do is they'll have to play their type of game in order to, you know, to win and to slow down their, their, you know, Eastern Washington's, uh, you know, Vernon Adams, you know, today. But I, but you can expect this to be a very great game and. You know, many will many will not be disappointed by by the outcomes. You know, well, not, many will not be disappointed because of the fact that you can expect a lot of offense and probably you might expect a lot of points to be scored. You know, today, you know, in this game. Now, as we're still uh, waiting for for David Pateson, which I don't know if he might, you know, he might call in. We don't know for sure, but. You know, it's it's really, really, really fun. You know, I can I can say right now that, you know, this has this has been very really fun to have to have done, you know, to to do a first pregame pregame show on on the show on on this radio show. Which uh, not normally, you know, we talk you know, we interview uh, different guests who have succeeded. And in a way you can say this this in itself is a testament to to how far both of these programs have come, you know they've, you know, went through a lot of adversity, and they came back to to succeed, you know, in, you know, in that, uh, you know, be where they are right now, and that's that's what's important, and and I can say it's really is fun to to have, you know, to be doing this at this very moment. Now, as we still wait for for our Mr. David Payson, uh, we're gonna. We're gonna play another song uh, by um, Violent Goddess on on what's the word on Blog Talk Radio. For who I am The last thing that we had Was like 20 years in the past And peace with it you had They thinking that was our best And our success was just a bad Three hits about all we had Despite it We don't get mad And instead we just change the stats Every show Every CD Making a dollar sink again Hurricane when we came in Living like sick and swimming We swimming since the beginning The coverage was all of them But we kept joking our own way Not lovers of every trend So we Live stronger Healthier Live longer Win against the grain Just like people that's low carbon So we doing it
talk about buying and crack cocaine and the violence and stay saturated with it, the more our music be thriving. Seems like I'm an alien, 40 plus years and up, fortified with something real, it's the presence they say don't want. Don't really get my presence in all my points How I think, work, play it, and live it with aching joints They're acting like I'm dumb Including my only son, he's 16 Acting like that he's going on 61 It's like as if height equals might is wisdom He smirks like he knows that I'ma say before I'm done He just wants to have fun Wanna eat, wanna lay, wanna shop Wanna look a certain way Wanna chill, you wanna stop that craziness Who in this generation is raised up with pure laziness Am I further thinking us? I know it They wanna put in their headphones and escape the world they want to get up on their cell phone and relate to little girls I can dig it to about 5 feet, 11 inches But the last inches when I dig it stops, I don't do dishes Keep doing it, live and direct You tell how true we have I've been the beauty of life music It's the best business, I love it, powerful We influence the music and revolution Until we see more solutions Everybody shake your hands, take out the devil now That's what's up, Violin Goddess, uh, uh, by Hannah uh, Barrett Hanneman on What's the Word, on uh, this special special show on the pregame between uh, Eastern Washington and Sam Houston State University. Now, if any of you that are listed have any questions, you can call in. And right now, actually, we have a, we have a Mr. David Pateson on the line. Uh, he is the associate of the Director for External Relations at Simon State University. Uh, Ms. Payson, uh, thank you for joining me. Hi, Shaval. How are you? Doing great. Awesome. Uh, well, Ms. Payson, uh, you know, this this game, uh, you know, is dubbed as the game of the year by the FCS. How, can you talk about uh, that and also the behind-the-scenes that you guys do on a daily basis? Yeah, I, first of all, it's one of the one of the bigger games we've had at home in a while. It's not been a playoff game, one of the biggest regular season games in probably a few years. And you know, we're fortunate to have the opportunity to have a home and home series with Eastern Washington. They're a great opponent. Uh, obviously, we know all about them from last year's playoff uh, game and scare uh, that we had. So we're uh, excited to to be able to to play a quality opponent like this. Um, in the non-conference and and helps us get ready for the rest of the year. But, uh, yeah, it's terrific, and uh, it's a big day here. Obviously, it's going to be a great turnout. Um, should be a full stadium and uh, great activities going on. We have our uh, Bearcat Family Weekend uh, promotion this week with the uh, university, and 
Uh, I've got a couple thousand parents that are in for the first time on campus for uh, uh, you know for a game. So it'll be new new experience for them and uh, a lot of activities surrounding uh, with tailgate and classic car shows and uh, all sorts of activities going on. So it's a big one for us. Now that's that is really amazing. Now just the fact of the matter is like you know like you mentioned it's you know the tailgate. I believe it is very it's really packed outside here right now. Is how how big of of this is for, you know, you know, to promote in uh Bearcat Athletics. Well, I think it's all part of this you know, it's all kind of creating that spirit, you know, and and that is really where it all starts. People have to be uh you know, kinda of connected to to what's going on, um, you know, on the field of play or court or uh whatever it might be. And um no, so football's obviously had a great deal of success uh, the last few years, and the momentum has been building. But even when I arrived four years ago, I remember kind of going out to my first tailgate and seeing what it was about, and, and I was pretty excited that there was a, a base of uh, you know some good things that were already happening, and uh, we've just tried to build on that and capture all the momentum that's gone on with football on and that's just that's just uh you know uh just just propelled it that much more all right now of course you know you know football of course you know is is the big draw for any any program that in this, in this country and also basketball but you know in other sports like for example like tonight like the the volleyball team some this volleyball team you know they're actually doing very well as well. They got to they're on a current uh, four game Southern Conference win streak. How big mm-hmm. of of that is you know is, is uh you know for the bear you know to in getting getting that type of a momentum going you know this early in this you know this uh, school year. Well, I think they're all important. Um, they, every sport has you know different. Um, uh, niche audiences and and so forth. We had a really good crowd out at volleyball, big ter- student turnout uh, on Thursday night, and a nice win over A and M uh, Corpus Christi. Uh, and they were one of our four champions last year. Uh, and Brenda Gray just posted her 600th career win. Uh, so they're they've been a, a huge part of uh, part of the program. Uh, we had four, like I said, and we were the uh, won the, the Southland Conference Commissioners Cup. So um Bobby Williams and uh has, has always made a made it a point to make sure that we are competitive across the board and we are there uh and won the four cups over the last uh seven or eight years and then uh in classroom two with a grade point average as high as they are over three point oh uh grade point average uh with our student athletes and it's been a two point in the recent semesters and two point nine oh for like the last fifteen or sixteen semesters now. So it's very consistently strong on the field and in the classroom. All right. Now for those that are listening, you know, for this uh, pregame show, uh you know, with Eastern Washington and, you know, Sam Houston, uh we of course there's a volleyball game tonight. They're you know, they as they're hosting uh Houston Baptist at seven thirty seven thirty PM. And how I mean, the, especially you know, people should have an opportunity to see see the volleyball team because right. I can tell you that Thursday night was that was probably one of the most. It, well, I can you know, anytime Sam Houston, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi gets together, 
it seems as if it's always going to be an epic battle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it always goes to five sets. But this, this game was really, really amazing and, you know, very intense, especially so many rallies. And, you know, why do you think uh, there's not, you know, there's not much, uh, you know, I can not say respect, but, you know, appreciation for women's sports? Well, I you know, I think it's all in perspective. Uh first of all, today we're going to honor that championship team and Brenda at uh at our uh, football game. So, there'll be that chance to for for the, you know, 10,000 or more folks that come out today to see uh, you know, get that recognition and I know that uh, we had a couple of those last week and for women's basketball and for baseball um and the week before that for bowling for their final eight appearance. Um a year ago, and they all just get terrific recognition from the fans. So, um, you know, volleyball is, uh, I think, is a is a good uh, draw for us when we draw good dates. Um, Thursday was a good example of that. Uh, it was it was terrific. Uh, so it was a nice turnout. Uh, it's tougher when we're going directly against home football games uh, or against Bell, the Piney Woods, uh, when we're down in Houston and we have a volleyball game back here. And we seem to have, you know, I don't know what, what the issue has been, but we've seemed to have drawn uh, those sort of uh, bad luck draws over the last few years. So, but to do, you know, nearly a thousand folks out for a volleyball game on, on a Thursday nights, uh, you know, it's not too bad, uh, keeping it all in perspective. So, um, yeah, our, our our attendance numbers at most events are, are have been up, you know, significantly over the last few years, and and uh, like I said, we, we we you know and that includes the women's sports, basket women's basketball in particular. Last year was up, um, had a great season there, again conference champions too. So um, sometimes it's uh, you know just just the date and timing, and sometimes it's how the team's playing and how the storylines go on and you know um but there's, but there's a lot of good things to talk about right now so okay and, and of course uh you know the attendance used to say for the basketball like recently you guys uh, did a campaign you know for to draw to draw attendance for the mm-hmm. basketball team so you know how how you, how you think that uh, went for for the, for that uh, thing well, the, I think the women uh, has has been up. That's benefited a little bit from the double headers. Uh, I think that's been a, a good move by the conference to go go uh, go to that or back to that. I guess that they did that years ago. Uh, so I think that's you know that's been a nice chance to showcase uh, both. Um, you know, we were on a climb for a couple years in a row, and the men's basketball uh, attendance numbers too, but we've kind of flattened out there a little bit. We haven't decreased a bunch, but we've dropped just a touch. Um, and we just, I think, just need to have a little bit more consistent success. Uh, and I think sometimes too, in the front of the year when football is so hot, uh, it dwarfs a lot of things, and sometimes it's tough to get that message through to folks too on the other, the other events because they're they're pretty focused on football here in Texas. Yeah, and, and of course I got to ask about you know the you know the Sam Houston success you know the Houston market is the lot you know probably one of the top ten Cuban markets. How how big of a draw is that you know like especially this game you know has gotten you know over the last so many years from the Houston area. Well. Um... You know, our, our alums, we have 110,000 alumni for SAM. 
75,000 of those are east, or 75% of those, so it's more, even more than 75,000 and probably closer to 80,000 that are East Texas-based, stretching from Dallas to San Antonio to Houston, uh, probably over to um, Beaumont. So, but the bulk of them are right in this area between, on I-45 uh, between Huntsville and Houston. So uh, it's a big area for us, and we have seen significant uh, increases there, particularly out of Montgomery County, but also Harris County. Uh, the Battle of the Piney Woods game has been huge for us and reengaging a lot of people. Uh, so that's been been great in that partnership with the Texans and Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. It's uh, you know you, you lock in with a partner like that, and you know they have all their ability uh, you know to uh, to push the message in house and so on. Um, you know at the Texans games and other events and. That's been been huge for us. Um, we are constantly working um, this immediate area and as well as Montgomery County hard through a lot of our um, marketing and advertising push. Uh, we do a lot of things with Comcast Cable and Suddenlink and um, and, and push push our ad messages out that way and a relationship with KSAM Radio. Uh, who does our broadcast, but we also do a lot of promotional things with, as well as K-Star uh, in in um, in Montgomery County. So there's been a lot of things that we've put in place over the last few years that have really kind of helped us expand out, and we've, we've done a lot with building our website uh, or social media and all those sort of things. So it's it's we've we've got all the ability to, that, to for people to find our information and we are, we we push it out as much one on one as we can to folks uh, that we uh, we are in contact with. All right. Now now before I let you go, like compare this uh, this game not you know non conference to previous about uh, Piney Woods games, you know. Over the last couple of years, well, they're they're um, they are uh, similar in the sense that they are events, you know, and they are special. Uh, this is not just another game today, you know. That this is a battle of two top, you know, five teams in the country. Uh, that you know that that in the game day lineup today on the ESPN, you know, and they're panel of the four or five games they're picking at the end of the show, this game was one of them. They they, they made picks on. So that was huge uh, exposure for us. You know, of course, last last week or two, uh, North Dakota State uh, and FCS school also had game day there. So um, showing you the kind of respect that this uh, level is getting uh, these days all of a sudden. Uh, and I guess that happens when you go out and beat VCS uh, schools. So, um so that's a good thing, uh, but it's it's that's comparable in that respect. That um, you know, Stephen F is is an arch rival. You know, there that's got tons of history to it. Uh, so that's uh, different in that respect. Eastern Washington is obviously a top flight team, a top flight program, and somebody we you know we uh, we uh, edged by last year in the playoffs, uh, and you know we've we've got today and we've got next year again. So. Uh, they're they're going to be uh, somebody that we're going to see a lot of, uh, so it's going to be important. But you know, this is going to these are, these are games that rise to the top and that people enjoy coming to see. Uh, Mr. Basin, I want to thank you for taking the time out to be, out of today's uh, busy schedule to to join us today on on uh, this uh, special pregame show. 
Glad to do it. Thank you. Swamp, really appreciate that. No problem. Okay. And wishing you all the almost success in you know Thanks, in sir. This upcoming months. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, Bye sir. Now. Well, everyone, uh that is it for uh this uh today's special episode on What's the Word on Blog Talk Radio. I wanna say thank you for joining joining us and you know and then my co host uh you know for a little bit, uh Zach Birdsong and Gene Schellenberg, and also my guest, uh, Bobby Bobby Williams, as as a director for Sam Houston, and David Peterson, associate athletic director of, of external relations at Sam Houston State University. Well, that is it. Uh, be real and be independent. And also, uh, the, the game will be televised at CSN Houston at 2 p.m., and also... For those that live in the sport, the Washington and Oregon areas, so be on Comcast Sports Northwest, and also for radio listeners uh, here in the here in the Huntsville area, it will be on KSM One One Point Seven, and then Spokane, Washington at, at ESPN uh, Spokane Seven Hundred. Thank you. Uh, be real and be independent. Have a nice day and and a great uh, game game today. Bye bye.